0: Hello, I'm Darren Heath, and I'd like to introduce Caroline Stockman, Chief Executive of the Association of Corporate Treasurers. This is the next of our Strategic Insights series, and it's about resilience. In very simple terms, resilience is how quickly you bounce back from events or situations. But there's often a misconception that you are either resilient or not. Here, we look at the characteristics of resilient people.
1: Thanks as ever, Darren. Some people have more resilience than others. If you Google the subject, you can read fascinating stories, such as that of Thomas Edison, inventor of the light bulb, who is reported to have had tens of thousands of failures in his life, but never let it stop him from continuing his quest to develop useful inventions, which also included the phonograph, the telegraph and the motion picture. Each of his failures taught him something. That is, how not to invent something. It's useful to pause and think what our lives would have been like if he'd just given up, and also what we might be capable of if we ensure that we never give up too easily. Resilient people recover from setbacks more easily than those with lower levels of resilience, and they tend not to dwell as much on failures. They also tend to be happier. There are a number of things which psychologists and researchers say are important for resilience, and Susan Kobasa cites three. Viewing failures and mistakes as things to learn from rather than disasters which cannot be recovered from. Being committed to one's beliefs and goals. And focusing only on that over which one has control. The rest being a waste of time and resulting in us feeling helpless and, at times, lost. A number of other psychologists write about permanent versus temporary. The optimist and resilient person sees an issue or setback as a temporary situation. Another contrasting attitude is that of pervasiveness Whereas the resilient person doesn't associate one bad event with the rest of their lives or a trend, for want of a better word. And resilient people also don't blame themselves when things go wrong. They see things much more objectively. Other aspects of a resilient person, as set out by Dr. Carl Crow, are they have a positive image of the future, they have solid goals and a desire to achieve those goals, and they are empathetic and compassionate, but don't worry about what other people think of them. They also, as I've already noted, don't see themselves as victims and focus time and energy on changing the things they have control over. In more recent years, I've often thought what life might have been like for me if I hadn't worried so much when I was younger about what people thought of me and didn't so often view myself as a failure when something went wrong. Who knows where these concerns and beliefs come from, but I know I'm not alone in them, and it's interesting to consider the other side of the coin by that I mean that perhaps my oversensitivity also explained why I was known to be a very empathetic person and sensitive to others' feelings too. So would I want to lose that? And latterly, the ladder of inference has helped me to understand that sometimes people just don't like you through no particular fault of your own. And if you reflect on the situation, you often conclude that you don't actually like the other person that much either. So I can sometimes rationalise the situation, which helps. And in terms of viewing myself as a failure at times, positivity and looking towards the future, as well as seeing things as temporary, all help. In terms of bouncing back after setbacks, the underlying reason for this ability for me personally is also that notion of seeing everything as a temporary situation. I moved countries so often as a child that I went to nine different primary schools, and part of my world was lack of permanence. That can have its challenges, of course, but it also means my experience was one of nothing lasting a long time, which I think gave me an advantage when things went wrong. I always could see very clearly that, as Scarlett O'Hara says in Gone with the Wind, after all, tomorrow is another day. That was something I'd tell myself from quite a young age. Caroline, you won't feel like this in a few days' time. You can't see it now, but you know from experience that's how it is. So, whether it was an affair of the heart a job rejection, or not getting accepted to the university of choice, I would tell myself that I knew from experience those feelings of dejection and frustration would mellow and a new day would dawn. So the same theme comes up again, mind talk. I tell myself things and my mind believes them, in this case because what I'm saying is backed by experience. And it also comes back to research, which shows the connection of viewing things in life as temporary with optimism and indeed resilience. Issues arise when one is trapped in a view of the world as predefined and permanent, and then disappointments, bereavements and other stresses arise, and we find suddenly we can't cope. We often find this creeps up on us, and if we're not mindful, then we can be in serious trouble from both a mental and physical health standpoint. You'll have your own experiences and preferences, and they may well be different from mine. But I hope this session on what differentiates people who have high levels of resilience from those who don't will allow you to both see where you typically sit in terms of resilience, as well as consider ways that you might like to approach life to strengthen your resilience. In the next podcast, I'll move on to talk about some very practical things everyone can do to build and maintain resilience. So I hope to have you back listening for that.
0: Thank you, Caroline. Do please join us again for the next instalment in our series. But in the meantime, from both of us
1: here, goodbye and thanks for listening.